Blog Talk Radio. Brother from New Orleans. 
and I was telling them the dangers of that. And one of the dangers of that is not for he, not for him or myself or for the brothers and sisters like you out there on the line listening, but for our children. If our children don't know, then these revisionists will write themselves in history and our children, whether it be whatever party, unless, you know, we can even say Panther Party, they will think that the direction we're going in or people portraying to be Panthers or other progressive black organizations or movements, that they are legitimate in their beefs, gripes, concerns, and even in their tactics and strategies. Why the importance of history? Why the importance of learning from the mistakes? So that we don't get caught up in the same traps and snares. So we don't get caught up in the same traps and snares. So today's show is dedicated to that. Like always, this is the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, the People's Talk Black Nationalist Network, brought to you from the PEC, the, the Political Education Committee, the People's Education Committee, the Panthers Education Committee. And our job is not just to, we're not here to entertain, brothers and sisters, if you want that, there's a lot of other blog talk shows and television shows and a lot of clowns running around. You can find some stimulating, very emotional, very moving, some very moving rhetoric if that's what you're looking. But if you want to be informed, if you're looking to make a change, a real revolutionary change, not a reformist change, not a community active change, but a national, international, global change for an African people, and for oppressed peoples worldwide, then you have tuned into the right place. If you are looking to learn black nationalism and how to apply black nationalism practically and specifically to our needs as an African people here in America and then have that black nationalism grow into blossom into what we call universal African nationalism, which is more commonly referred to as Pan-Africanism on an international scale, then you have tuned into the right place. And if you don't think that that's imperative to know, just look at the world around you. We're living in a global market, a global economy, global technology, global exchange of information and ideas. Capitalism has grown and, and grown globally, and it's called imperialism. So we're here to look at what we're going through and to weigh our development and our progress against that of our predecessors uh, who have come before us in, in, in a historical context, in a historical light, so that prayerfully we won't emulate or make the same mistakes. This is your national spokesman, Chairman Yang and Krumah, and, and I'm going to open the floor up to the People's Chairman, Chairman Abdul Kar. Chairman Kar. Uh, yes, uh, a greetings uh, to the people's greetings to the brothers and sisters, a greeting to uh, all listeners. Our program today is Learning from Our Mistakes. And it is important when we just listen at learning, learning from our mistakes, simply meaning that mistakes are not just mistakes because we learn in front of mistakes. If we do not learn from our mistakes, then that's being that we move into a state of ignorance where we refuse to recognize. Uh, learning from our mistakes started from growing up in a household or growing up with a family, and when we made a mistake, our mother and our fathers, our uncles, our aunties, our cousins, our relatives, and even the neighbors in the neighborhood will correct us and say that was a mistake. So that mistake was a learning process. And a learning process means you learn from it and you graduated from it and you go forward. So we have to learn from the mistakes that were made in the past. And how we do that? We have to analyze that. Uh, many of the young brothers and sisters today, because they have not known the history, as uh, Yanger was saying earlier, the host. 
because we now have learned the history and now have analyzed the history, so we feel that uh, we're doing something new. So we feel that the mistakes that we have made is something new. No, the mistakes that we're making because we didn't analyze the mistakes in the past, so we're making the same mistakes. So have the enemy of our development, the enemy saying that they made some mistakes because we're still around. So they trying to correct their mistakes that they didn't eliminate us, and so they trying to correct their mistakes and find, find a better way to eliminate us. So we all learning from our mistakes. Our mistake is the process to move forward. And many brothers and sisters who, uh, as uh, uh, Yang was saying, that we take credit in our movement. A lot of brothers and sisters say, I, I was with Dr. King. Uh, I walked with him. A lot of brothers say, I was with Malcolm, and I walked with Malcolm. A lot of brothers say, I was with you, and I walked with you. We claim a whole lot of uh, uh, relationships with brothers and sisters in the movement. And I say this, if you walk in the light, how are you in the darkness now? So I'm saying that if you walk with knowledge, how you are ignorant now? And if you walk with organization, why are you unorganized now? So I'm saying that when we say we were with somebody, then that means you're with somebody. That means that you're with them. So we have to understand we learn from our mistakes. And one of the mistakes that we learn from is that we have to deal with uh, analyzing the mistakes in the past and deal with internal working and correct those misideas, the misthought that we had in the past. We learned from the past that they say that we wasn't, uh, 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 we were free for human beings. We find out that it was a lie. Then they came and said that we were a uh, citizen, and we find out that that was a lie. Then they came and said that, uh, you know, uh, that well, we were criminals, and uh, uh, we find out that was a lie. They said that we were stupid and ignorant, and we were great defenders, and we find out it was a lie. Why? Because we study and we analyze it. And I like to share this and then open it up again. Learning from our mistakes. When we sit back and do not correct the mistakes and build on the mistakes because we are arrogant and because we lack a constructive criticism, then that's the first thing. When our mother and father criticize us who love us, when our uncles and our aunties criticize us who love us, we took that criticism today as revolutionary black nationalists. We have to have the same understanding that when a brother and a sister talk to you, when the elder in, with wisdom talk to you, then we understand that. Wisdom and strength simply meaning this. Listen very closely. And I say it again, and I say it again, and say it again. Wisdom and strength. Wisdom is the elder, strength is the youth. Let me say it again. Wisdom is the elder and strength is the youth. And the youth continues to struggle with strength. One day the youth will come to wisdom, and they offspring and generation will become the strength. Wisdom and strength is the elder and the youth. We live and survive, then you become the wisdom, and then the youth become the strength. So there's a process, but we must understand learning from our mistakes. If we don't learn from our, our mistakes, we will repeat it, and that's guaranteed. This ain't got to be scripture. This ain't the book. You make a mistake, put your hand in the fire. I don't care if a uh, uh, if a fireplace. Then you don't learn from the mistake. Now become up to date as a flamethrower. Put your hand in the fire, burn. We can go to that. You got a cigarette lighter. Put your hand in the fire, it gonna burn. So we learn from our mistake. Regardless of what the flame is, is fire. When we understand the enemy because it changed from a, 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 a from a campfire. Is it changed from a uh, 
a uh, fireplace, a change uh, to a flamethrower, a change to a cigarette lighter. Fire is fire. We learn for our mistakes is burned. And so I'm saying that we burning, brothers and sisters. Why we burning? Why we keep putting our fingers in the fire when the fire is fire? So we must learn from our mistakes, and that's the sign of us making progress. Well, well, one of the things, right, exactly, and thank you for that, Brother Chairman, is what you find now is one of the things we're not learning from our mistakes and from our successes and from the things that have been successful. But one of the mistakes that we're not learning from is this, you know, one-man leadership. I think that a lot of times what's happening now, and especially I can speak specifically down here for Atlanta, what you have with a lot of the cultural nationalists and a lot of the um, religious, black religious nationalists and these people hiding under the banner of black nationalism is they're trying to get us to follow. And you said a key word. You said wisdom was the elders and strength was the youth. But when you, that's applicable and that's, you know, that's viable and that's strong when you're building African communities, when everybody knows their roles, when you have a people pushing a, mentality of, it's almost like a cult-like mentality, for lack of better words, brothers and sisters, that all our aspirations, all our hopes, all our dreams, all our motivation, all our, you know, determination, all our goals, everything, lie on one-man leadership. Then you don't learn from your mistakes. In fact, you don't, like you were saying, Chairman Carr, we don't really analyze from a realistic perspective. We start to deify people. One of the best things that could happen to me, and I have a lot of heroes and sheroes, but one of the best things that could happen to me was in black nationalism when I became a scientific black nationalist, a practical black nationalist, a realistic black nationalist, was studying one of my heroes, Malcolm. And I learned from Malcolm's successes, and I've learned and I've read some things across Malcolm that I probably wouldn't have not done. That's the benefit of having predecessors. My dear brother, Defense Minister UEP Newton, I've learned from his successes and read about his successes and read about some of the downfalls and some things that we should not have done. This is the benefit of having these predecessors. This is what they have contributed to our struggle. That when you give your life for revolution, then you're also giving the actions of your life and you open yourself up to criticism and critique, self-criticism, constructive criticism. Real revolutionaries have critique sessions. They have constructive criticism sessions after they go into the field or after they do something. They say, how can we do this better? Where did we go wrong? Always seeking to improve. But when you have, um, when you come in with this holier-than-thou type of thing, when you come in with this minister perspective and this I'm a saint and I'm a patron and we've, you know, and raise honor to this and worship this man and that man, then you don't get a realistic perspective of anything. You're not trying to accomplish anything. Why don't you, Negro, just build a statue and, and worship the statue? Paint a picture and look at the picture and mind the picture all day. But it goes back to like what Chairman Carr was saying, that you're, you're, you're taking away from the real beauty and benefit of that person because you're not enacting their actions. If you say that, that you walked with someone, if you say that you was with someone and you're taking credit for being with someone, then your actions should be reflective of that person's actions. I don't give a damn who you walked with. I don't care who you stood next to. I don't care who you gave water to, served to, 
You know what I'm saying? Flip the channel for all that if your actions aren't reflective of that actions. But when we don't study from the mistakes, we get caught up into the emotionalism and don't look at things from a practical, realistic, analytical standpoint. In fact, Chemical, let's go to the phone lines, some of these phone lines, and open them up. This is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your host, Chairman Yang and Kuma, national spokesman, and we have the People's Chairman on the line, Chairman Abdul Kahar. 770-292090. I believe this is my minister's information. Brother Son, is this you? Yeah, Black Power. This is me, Yang. Black Power, sir. Okay. Um, what I want to say tonight, I want to make something very clear. Dr. Khaled Mohammed brought in a new era. When I say he brought in a new era, he brought in a new era of black supremacy, black supremacy, black separatism. Let me make this clear. I love the brother Khaled Mohammed, but Mohammed was not a black nationalist. Let me say that again. Khalid Mohammed was not a black nationalist. Why do I say that? Black nationalism is the encompass of every black man, whether he be a Muslim, whether he be a Christian, whether he be an atheist, okay? Malcolm said that we are black nationalists first, and we put our personal beliefs to the side. With that being said, Dr. Khalid Mohammed was a theocratic uh, student of uh, the nation of Islam And after You know he was kicked out for whatever reason In the nation of Islam he came to What they um, New Black Panther Party Now I understand that some people You know wrote with Dr. Khaled Mohammed and I was there when Khaled Mohammed got shot And I looked into his eye and I said Brother you're going to make it And You know only time I felt This feeling when Somebody died other than my niece is when Dr. Khaled Mohammed died. So, uh, in Zika, I want to sit down with you, brother, and I want to talk to you about black nationalism. I want to talk to you about decentralized government. What you're doing, brother, you are what you need to form what they call, let's see, I want to call it the nation of Khaled Mohammed. Because you, brother, you are, you are stuck on this one-man leadership. You have denied the people the right to their voice. You know, when we take our vote, that is our voice. One thing that the cracker does, he at least lies and say that we have a voice. That's the greatest thing that we've done. Now, let me make another thing clear. Voting comes out of the empire of the Masi. When I say the Masi empire, I talk about the Wagadungu, the Mapusi, the Dagoma, so the voting system is an African concept, period. Let me say that again. The voting system is an African concept. The council is an African concept, okay? So with that being said, black nationalism is a council. It is not no one-man leadership. When you took the vote away from the Black Panther Party, you know longer was a black nationalist. This is a fact. So you have to answer to that, brother. I know you're ducking and dodging, and I know you didn't answer the phone because I want to talk to you man to man. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to atone for that. You're going to have to answer 
to why you took the people's vote. There's no escaping that at the end of the day. You can talk about all the great Muhammad, Khalid Muhammad, yes, I was there and the brother and, and, and this and that, and, but at the end of the day, you took the vote of the people, and that was the most counter-revolutionary thing you could have ever done in your life, brother. So with that being said, I, uh, I extend the invitation to meet with the brother because, like I said, I want to I talk to you really about what it is that you're doing. Like I said, I have no problem if you rename it and, like Yanga said, you know, build a statue of college Muhammad. Do that, brother, but do not do it in the name of black nationalists. You are not a black nationalist. And I don't say that to be vindictive. I'm saying that to be truthful and honest. That is a fact. That's what black nationalism is. So with that being said, Yang, that's just that's my piece, brother. Thank you, Black Power. Right. Well, brother, we well you know Black Power, brother, and we appreciate your input and your comment, man. Like I said, this is the people's people's talk. And feel free. And from then, that's Brother Black Sun, and he has a show. So I guess that you're inviting the brother to the show or so any of his representatives to the show to address those facts. I'm, you know, I'm just assuming that. But, you know, that invitation is open. And it goes back, and we're going to go to Chairman Carney because it goes back to the importance of history, how that that is a deviation of history. Now, don't get it twisted. We know we're going to have some people out there get to, oh, man, they're talking about Dr. The Honorable Dr. Khalid Muhammad, rahimahullah ta'ala, may Allah have mercy upon him, give him the highest level of, those, of, of paradise. You know what I'm saying? So we know we're going to have these people that come and twist and change the message. That is not what our dear brother is saying. That's not what Brother Minister uh, Black Sun is saying. He's saying that staying in the lines of history, staying in the lines of revolutionary black nationalism, staying in the lines of the developments of the Panthers and every progressive black nationalist organization, that there is a methodology, there's an ideology, there's a philosophy, and there's all these things that go into black nationalism. And if we're not careful, if we don't learn from our history, if we don't learn from our mistakes, then our children will come up. And like I said, this is not the not the Honorable Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, but they will come up with the with a disconnect from the developments, from the Fannie Lou Hammers, from the Kwame Touré, um, formerly known as Stoke, Stokely Carmichael, from the Ahmed Muhammad's, you know, uh, uh, formerly known as Max Stanford. They would come up with that disconnect because history would have been rewritten. And when we study history, we understand what happens when your people, a people take your history and rewrite your history. This is what we mean by learning from those mistakes. This is what we mean by moving forward and being progressive. Chairman Carr, did you want to add to that or say something, say something to it? Uh, one is uh, the topic is learning from our mistakes. And one thing that we have learned from is that uh, when we speak of the great leaders that uh, came before us, we concentrate on the great leaders. We concentrate on the head. And I want to make it clear again. And I say it every time I get a chance. We concentrate on the head and not the body. And I'm saying a head without a body is nothing but a head. And we ain't into spookism seeing a head floating around without a body. Uh, a head must have a body. And that's as simple. That's with everything else. When they say a chicken flopping all over the place and running without a head, no, the head is very important, but we have to understand that the government, the enemy of our people, he look at the head, but he also look at the body. If he just had a head with no body, it's just a head that talking. It's a head that blowing wind. It's a head that moving the lips. His 
understanding is to stop the body. So he move on the head. When they moved against Malcolm, I'm talking about history now, and they can check it out for themselves. When they moved against Malcolm, they didn't stop. They had to destroy the whole Afro-American unity organization. They don't talk about mm-hmm. his structure in the Central Committee. They don't talk about those brothers that they murdered before Malcolm and after Malcolm and those brothers who went in exile, such as our great beloved brother Herman Ferguson. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about what happened to the arms, what happened to the legs, what happened to the heart, what happened to the internal organs of that organization. When they talk about Hugh Newton, when they locked up Hugh Newton, trained him and charged him with the murder of police, the organization became stronger even when Hughes was locked up. The organization of the Panther we call the third development, as some people call the original Panther, the Panther group. Even though they had the head locked up, the body still moved. But let's talk about other formations. Let's, 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 let, 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 let me ask you that. Let's, let's, Chairman Cog, Chairman Cog, Chairman Cog, because I want you to touch on that. I want you to go into that a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Why, why was that? You know, and that's a good point to touch on. What point in history can we take from that? What can we learn from that? Even though they locked up the head, they locked up the defense minister, U.E.P. Newton, had charged them with um, um, uh, shooting a police officer, the, the, the party was still strong and was actually growing and gaining momentum. Why was that? What was the dynamics of that that allowed that to occur? The dynamic of, uh, was it is that an unorganized people subject to slavery in a given time. You would know when you locked up and you incarcerated. But the philosophy and the ideology of revolutionary nationalism uh, that was taught in that formation, that that uh, ideology and theology is the mindset. You can kill a man, but you can't kill his thought. You can kill a man, but you can't kill his wisdom. You know, and so I'm hmm. saying that because we were taught uh, in the Black Panther Party, we have what we call the NCCL. National Committee to Combat Fascism, simple meaning that we will organize not leadership but collective leadership. That collective leadership simply meaning this, that as you move the head, another head, the automatic will take its place because we went through what we call PEC, political education. Uh, even in the nation today, they got studies. They call work study circle. A uh, primatory talked about work studies, uh, 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 study circle. Any progressive movement talk about work study uh, circle to maintain the collective leadership. So when we glorify a head, we must glorify the body. I'm saying you can have a good, uh, nice cut of hair on your head. Uh, you can have a nice brim on your head, but it's your clothes are raggedy and stinking. They smell the body, even though your head look good. The barbershop did a good job. So I'm saying that uh, of all our leaders, from Dr. Khalid all the way up, they represent that thought. They represent that mindset. And we get caught up in the head, and then we neglect the body. And so I'm saying what we're talking about today, that it is the collective leadership that the government wants to destroy. The government can take heads any time they want to and remove heads. And if the government don't remove head, old age, uh, natural process, mm. from life to death, remove a head, but the body must continuation. And they worry about the body because the head had already left the wisdom and knowledge. And the head lied from when they first came into Africa and invaded Africa. And the head left a body. And the body was us. The body is the people, and we learn from the mistake. When we start making messiahs out of leaders, 
and stop making a collective Messiah out of the generation Messiah. All the youth is the generation Messiah that is being born. So they want us to look into individual leaders and not look to for collective leaders. And any Negro think that he's a Messiah, uh, he got the wrong thing in mind, learning from mistakes. When he said, I'm the Messiah, I'm the leader, I'm this, I'm going to unite the people, and you're standing by yourself. No, how you stand by yourself? Once again, you ain't got nobody. A head cannot stand if it ain't got no feet. And the feet is the one that step in the mud, the feet is the one step in the water, the feet that one step in the manure that holds the body up. And I'm tired of hearing people talk about, well, I'm the leader, I'm this, I'm that. Where's the feet that's holding us up? Where the feet that are holding us up? So we're saying that learn from our mistakes, that we look for a Messiah complex, and we automatically always go back and resurrect those brothers and sisters who came before us, and we live on that. No, we live on that by doing their work. By doing their work, mm. you keep a people living by doing their work. As long as their work is being done, they ain't just talking about calling their names. As long as their work is being done, and we say that, Dr. Khalid, uh, led the Panthers, then the Panthers should be organized and move forward. We see Malcolm led the Afro-American movement, then it should be going forward. We see Honorable Elijah Muhammad raised the nation of Noble Durant led, uh, uh, led the mall, and, and the Honorable uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Michael Messiah Garvey, the movement still must grow. Why? Because they left a structure of body. Let me repeat that again. They left a structure organization, and as long as their organization, the enemy, always want to attack us because they figure that, oh, I get rid of head, the body going to die. No, we let them tell you we worse than Methuselah. We got many heads. And that's the people. Man, right on. Right on. <laughs> I like what you said, you know, uh, uh, the head has to have feet to stand on. What you said, we're going to get spooky because I know as many of us saw a head floating in there and we get the hell off. That, that is something unusual. You know what I'm saying? And to go back to what you're saying about ideology and collective principle, what did, um, and I thought you was going to hit us with the quote of Deputy Chair Fred Harrison Sr. You can jail the revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution. Let's go to our phone lines again. Again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. People's Talk Black Nationalist Network with Chairman Yang and Kuma, your national spokesman, and the People's Chairman, National Chairman Abdul Kaha. Area code 770. Four, three, eight, seven. You're on the line. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Lingam? Black Power. Black Power. Black Power. It's my field marshal here. What's good, sir? What's up, man? See, this is going perfect with what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm out here fighting the political prisoners, man. That's where I fall in with, with Eman Malik, Mr. Okay. Hoover, and Eman Jamil Adamine, bro. They they took them brothers off now. Now these people out here lost, man. They like... It's like they sleep from the Muslims on, man, like over in the West End. We was talking about that. When they, when they, some of the brothers over there, they were so scared to come out and say something. They're like, nah, man, we're going to end up like Imam Alameen did. Or, you know what I'm saying, Mr. Hoover and, you know, Mr. Imam Ali, them brothers. Them was great, them was great, powerful black leaders, man. And they really, and they really mm-hmm. got these people scared out here, man. Like you said, like, like the chairman said, they knocked it, the, they took the head down and let go the body. That's how you get them. Yeah. Exactly. And, you, and, and, and that's a good point you, you, you brought up, uh, brother. And that's a prime example. Look, Chairman Hoover, the Honorable Chairman Hoover, free, free Larry Hoover, you know what I'm saying, let him go, um, is a prime example of what we say learning from our mistakes. And here's a man who didn't have to die to learn from the mistakes, who had, who had taken 
um, taking, you know, one of the, the, the mightiest street tribes in American history and took it from the gangster disciples to a growth and development, to a new concept, to a new theory, changing the structure, changing the momentum and the direction, learning from that history of those that came before, are going back to the original inception of what it was founded on. So I think that that's a good thing, and I think that we can even take from, like, what you were saying, free, free Imam Jamil, Abdullah Alameen, Abdullah, may Allah, have, may Allah preserve his life. Free mm-hmm. Brother Imam. That that's another prime example of of, uh, uh, of learning from our history, the development that Brother Imam went through to get to where he was and how he had even taken his organizational skills and what he learned from the Black Panther Party to using that to develop Areas like in the West End, and not just West End, you know, come from Cleveland, shout out to uh, Imam Mutawa, you know, assalamu alaikum to to Cleveland, Imam Mutawa and the IRM, the Islamic Revivalist Movement, things up there who are um, affiliated and under the leadership of Imam Jamil Abdullah Alameen, taking the organizational skills and going all across, you're talking New York, Detroit, you know, the brother has communities all over. So that's a, a prime example of learning from our history and use, utilizing that to move on. That's why I, I laugh when I hear a lot of people say that, and they call out these names, that who they down with, who they I'm a member of the community. I ain't never seen y'all brothers in the mask yet uh-huh. on Fridays or been over there with the brothers, you know, but it's cool. If y'all want to claim that y'all rocking with these brothers, I ain't going to knock you up. I'm just telling you, I ain't never seen you there. But yeah. that's a prime example. Brother Haru, what's up, man? Anything else you want to share with us while, while oh, I got yeah, you on the line here, brother? I'm pushing their name, man. You know, we got a movement right now. On April 14th, you know what I'm saying? We we speaking to them as political prisoners. That's the problem, man. We That's the problem, man. We got to get up, you know what I'm saying? We got to quit just laying around. Them brothers sitting in jail because they stood up, man. They made noise. You know what I'm saying? That's why they sitting up mm-hmm. in there. But that's all they had to say. Yeah. Shukran, not. Nah. As-salamu alaykum, brother. Black Power, man. Black, well, they don't shalom. Black Power, fam. And that's Brother Harun. And, and he's absolutely right. And we're going to go to Brother Chairman that I think that that's one of the things that motivates me and, you know, and, and, and is my, what impassionates me, what brings this passion and this fire to me is the, the thought that we have political prisoners and freedom fighters languishing behind enemy lines, suffering at the hands of, our, you know, at the hands of our oppressors for the good fight, for the noble fight for the fight of black nationalism, for the fight of empowering a people. And then we have, you know, um, people who have made history. These are people who have made history, the people that we're reading about now in these books. And that's, and unfortunately that's all they have become is people that we're reading about in books. They've lost their realness. They've lost their humanness. You know what I'm saying? Their human, human, I'm not going to say they lost their humanity, but they have ceased to be real live human beings to us. They are just words on paper. They have just become figures. You know what I'm saying? And they have fought and laid down their lives and have been captured. And then we either take what they fought for, you know, being the Panthers or whatever progressive black organization or revolutionary movement, and mis- misuse it or allow it to be misused and misrepresented while people are still languishing behind enemy lines. I think that's one of the travesties, that's one of the things that, that leaves a bitter taste in my mouth, to know that how could we do this? How could we sit here and, and intentionally misrepresent, intentionally say don't teach this, or intentionally teach other than what these brothers and sisters 
many murdered, maimed, incarcerated, in exile for, and then we teach something other. Man, that's 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 tremendous. Jeremy Carr, did you want to add to that? Yes. First of all, when we deal with uh, our political prisoners and our prisoners of war, you know what I'm saying, our political prisoners, we're going to say that average brothers and sisters who are incarcerated are political prisoners, regardless if they have a political concept or not. They are political prisoners because the government has set up property. The, co- the government has set up uh, 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 unemployment. The government has set up destroying our institution. The government has set up destroying our families. The government, so all many of the brothers and sisters, or uh, even the street hustle, the brothers and sisters uh, that is out there trying to survive are political prisoners because if the condition of uh, society that was a society that deal with the human needs, then you won't have that. So you have political prisoners who are victims by a political Democrat and Republican society that is run by white supremacists and yet they call the victim the criminals. So many of our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated, not even part of a revolutionary nationalist or revolutionary conscious uh, uh, movement, are political prisoners based upon because the Democratic and the Republican Party and any other white supremacist party set up a condition. Now we're talking about the political prisoners who understand these conditions. What I'm saying is that those brothers and sisters of our political prisoners, prisoners of war, went in as young soldiers. Now they are elders. And so when anybody comes up and talks about, well, we got to deal, when we got to deal with the uh, elders and elders, uh, well, uh, uh, we on the block and that we coming up with something new. You ain't coming up with nothing new. You young like the comrades that are incarcerated. Our soldiers that are incarcerated came out young soldiers with a philosophy and ideology of struggle for our brothers and sisters. They proved that they soldiers now. They are our scholars and our doctors. This is why they don't want to let them out. They can't afford to let them out because they proved that they had the courage. They proved they had the courage under gunfire. They proved they had the courage under brutality. They proved that they had the courage of unemployment when they destroyed their family and hope financially they, they run them a month. So now they sit in the valley of this concentration camp in America called the prison industrial complex. Now they more than soldiers. They soldier scholars. They soldier doctors. They are our teachers and our lawyers. So they are elders now. So when we talk about not learning from the elders, then you're saying that we're not learning from those soldiers that is being captive. So I'm saying this, strong and quick. Those soldiers, brothers and sisters who are incarcerated, and that had went in exile, fought a war. And that's why I say wisdom and strength. The wisdom is the elders, and the strength is the young soldiers. Those brothers and sisters who are incarcerated now came out of Gavi movement. They came out of the Black National Movement. They came out of the P Movement. They came out of the Zulu Movement. They came out of the Street Formation Movement as young soldiers. And now they are the wisdom. And we can't separate wisdom from strength. And when you get the strength without wisdom, then you get like Samson without his vision and pulling the whole temple down on your own self with the enemy. Mm-hmm. So we have to have the wisdom to understand wisdom and strength goes together. And so when we start disrespecting our elders, because we figure that we know everything. Oh, I walk with this brother. I walk with this sister. I talk with this sister. You have to understand wisdom and strength goes together. Without Wisdom, you got no strength, and without strength, you got no wisdom. It's all become this. Got no wisdom. Whew. 
Man, thank you for those words, brother. That is. Yeah, it is. Without strength, you got no wisdom. Without wisdom, you have no strength. Let's go back to our phone lines again, man, because I know our, our callers want to get in here, want to ask some questions, got some comments. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network, sponsored by the Political Education Committee, the Panther Education Committee, the People's Education Committee. Area code 404 you're on the line. Hello? Erico 504? Yeah, 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 uh, Brother uh, Yang. Soul yeah. power, brother, what's yeah. good, man? Soul power, soul power. Yeah, brother, uh, this is what I want to say. Many many of our people get caught up into the leaders and everything, and that's the reason why that the movement don't last. Many many people go astray and everything. Instead of paying attention to the wisdom person, if something happens to that person, they can be able to uh, step in position and keep that movement going. Many of our people don't do that, and myself as a chairman here in the city, if I, you know, whenever I uh, get some people along to uh, work along with me, I'm gonna ask them, what is your view on certain things? I don't want to just be, I, I don't want y'all just to uh, worship me. I want your view. I want you to participate in this. You know, this is a participation. You know, and um, absolutely, uh, uh, yeah. And another, I didn't know, I didn't know uh, the, the term of black nationalism. So black nationalism, that's like everybody play their part. You know, that's you know, we we work in our community, do things in the community, you know, to uplift our people. You know, and um, mm-hmm. we gotta, mm-hmm. you know, we have to, we have to get rid of some of these, uh, these uh, conscious. They got too many conscious pimps running around in here. You know, we we need to get rid of them. You know, because uh, this is a people's party. You know, everybody plays a role, and that's revolutionary nationalists. Re- revolutionary nationalists. Right. Everybody plays a part. Right and, on. And, uh, right on. Yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen, brother. We're gonna make it happen. Oh, right. we we sure with that type of enthusiasm, brother, and that type of insightfulness. I think that that's what it's about. Well, we're here, you know, to understand that the People's Party. That's why we call ourselves the People's Party. I mean, we're we're often imitated but never duplicated. You understand what I'm saying? You can use our lingo, you can use our words, you can sound like us, you can throw it out there, but the proof is in the pudding. You know what I'm saying? You can put you can put you can put, uh, uh, you can put water in a Coca Cola bottle, but it's still water. You feel me? What I'm saying? It might be in that Coke bottle, but when you drink it, you be like, this is not Coca-Cola, this is water. So you can do all of that. You know, so this is where, where the people is going to come in, and the best weapon that we have now is the proper ideology and getting out there and teaching the people what to look for. See, what we're fighting against, brother, and, and sisters out there listening, is for the salvation, the very preservation of of our youth, of our people, as a black people, and and as you know, to be able to progress and move on, to be able to survive this thing, because it's not us. They just you know, you have what you have our enemies that will create a whole nother. You know, this government will create a whole nother. Um, they will have. They have been known to create whole other organizations. Yes, to I distract the yes. people from. This is what the whole thing is: learning from our history, learning from our mistakes. We have seen where whole parties, organizations have been set up and the down from the central committee down our agents. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You be the be you know, they recruit a brother like you and me, we be the damn only real sincere revolutionaries in it. And then yes. they handing us all kind of crazy stuff to incriminate and incarcerate us. Bombs and guns and all kind of dumb stuff. 
because we don't, we're not ideologically sound. Yeah. Go ahead, one brother. Thing, what were you about to say? One, one thing I want to say, too, brother, I said many of us, we need to look at, even though it's a movie, even though it's just a movie, we need to get that movie when night catches us. Because when I looked at that movie, matter of fact, the brother who played in there, he's from New Orleans, Anthony Mackey. Because, see, we need to study that because, see, the government, see, you had uh, the path of chapters that was cool. Then you had some of those brothers that was rowdy. Because, see, those those little cartoons that they used to have, the government was putting that out to put that uh, uh, put that in that mindset of that young brother to go out there and do all this wild, crazy stuff. We need we need to educate our people about that and get that movie. Night Catches Us. Night Catches Us. And that's exactly right. Catches, and that's what Kerry, to, to Kerry Washington. Okay. And we'll check yeah. that out. The Night Catches Us, brothers and sisters. A brother recommends that you check out that movie. He says it's in, in, informative. And that's one of the things that we're going to go to Chairman Carr that we teach. This is the importance of collective leadership and not just a one-man leadership because where I, as the chairman down here, I have a central committee. I operate on that um, on that on democratic centralism and, and, and building. And we appreciate that, but brother, I'm going to mute your line because I'm getting a little echo. Uh, All right, brother. Okay, so yeah. so and, and we operate on that democratic centralism and asking their advice. You know, we know that it's not one-man leadership, that I am a human being and prone to mistakes, prone to miscalculation. But when everybody, when through collectivism, through uh, collective leadership, through collective responsibilities and collective works, then we know that we basically, it's about like pulling your brother's coat. Brother Chairman, did you want to add to something to what our dear brother out of New Orleans has said? Okay, let's, well, we're going to go, let's, let's keep it rocking to the phone lines then. Area code 404-8696. You're on the line. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk. Black Nationalist Black Network. Black Talk. Black Power. What's up? This uh, this uh, brother Dollar Phil G. comes from Atlanta, Georgia. What's good, brother? Man, nothing, hey, man. Nothing, nothing much but this Black Power, man, this movement. That's what's good. The, well, I'm, I'm sitting here listening. And I, I just want to commend everybody on this line because what what I really see going on is a lot of fear that's stopping us from from participating in the movement. Every like 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 what was being said on this line, the body is vital. When it comes to an organization, the, the root word of that is the root word of that is organ. Everybody got to play their part. You know, it start with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it don't, it don't it, people don't pave the way. Those don't win it and, and made tremendous efforts. But what's going on today, they're killing us at higher rates than the KKK at their height. And Jim Crow is it, it, happening right in front of your eyes is what's happening to you. It seems like it, nobody will want to do anything until something happens to you. I mean, this this directly affects every person, everybody. See, back in the days, it, it, it was it was cool to be a part of the righteous movement. It was cool to throw up the back power fist. You know, it it was cool. It was hip. And now, you know, the values of the day, you know what I mean, of people appears my age, you know what I mean? That's what I'm really speaking on at most because... What do you think happened, brother? Well, let me ask you this question, because you were helping other, you out here in the streets, you down with this black power thing, you down with this revolutionary movement thing. What do you think happened? It's, and that's the whole theme of the, the talk today, learning from our history, learning from our mistakes. What do you think happened? What do you think took place from then to now that changed, that shifted the whole dynamic? 
that made us to where a lot of brothers are fearful to get involved with the movement or just don't want to participate. Oh, it's a gap in the bridge. Most definitely it's a gap in the bridge. The lack of knowledge, you, mm. anybody can be led astray. You know, it, it's... Right. <laughs> For for example, man, if you don't if you if you don't if you don't seek it out, it most likely it's not gonna come to you. It's not many of mm. us that's that's gonna reach out to say, Come down here, you know, stand up for your rights. This is what you can do. We can win. Everybody's scared. They think we're gonna lose. They think we're that's gonna right. lose. They think they're gonna jump out there, they're gonna get beaten, killed or arrested. But you that's gonna happen anyway. That's my thing. That's gonna mm-hmm. happen anyway. And for a lot, a, a lot of a lot of these young brothers out here that not scared, that not is 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 proven in your actions every day, even in your reckless actions. Take that negative force and make it positive, but it gotta be it gotta it gotta be led by wisdom. It can't be, I can't I can't I can't follow you if I'm gonna trip over you. Like you said, it's a lot of it's a lot of conscious pimps out here. You know I can't follow you if I'm gonna trip over you. Man, you know, I, I witnessed Brother brother Haroon. I witnessed him. I, I yeah. heard him doing a lot of righteous things in the community. Man, that motivated me. That made me right feel on. like right. I'm not going to be standing by myself. I'm not going to be standing next to somebody who's going to flinch, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it, it got to mm-hmm. be. It, it, I'm not saying like, make the revolution uh, trendy, but... It got, it got it got to be it got to be motivated in, in, in youngsters to, to stand up for well, their rights and to know their rights. Well, first well, of all, I'm gonna tell you something. If you hip enough and you cool enough and you serious about that revolution, it'll be trendy. One of the coldest things I've seen was black leather jackets and black berets. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. made that thing a trend. You know, but they were they were cool. They were confident enough and cool enough to be trendsetters. And, and and I want to hear from some of y'all, my young brothers and sisters out there, some of my young revolutionaries. You know what I'm saying? What do you say, man? What can we learn from history? Where did we go wrong? What were the mistakes? Where did the divide come in? What role do you think that you play in making that dynamic shift? I know I'm looking at my lives. I already know I got some of my young soldiers and young scholars on here. Uh, 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 brother Work, I'm calling you out, brother. I'm waiting for you to pop on in queue, give us some of that wisdom. You know, yeah, I said your name. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm waiting to hear from some of our young brother, uh, Beth, and some of the younger other soldiers that we have out there. What are some of the answers, you know, that we go through? Brother, I appreciate your call. Listen, man, if you, I'm going to put you on mute. We're going to go to Chairman Carr. If you want to come back in, hit your queue, take yourself out of queue, hit yourself in queue again, we'll throw you back in rotation. But Chairman Carr, you want to hear what some of the brother was saying. I'd like to add to that. Yes. Uh, do you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, one thing, I'd like to go back uh, to uh, uh, my comrade and my brother from New Orleans. And uh, yeah. definitely what my comrade and brother said earlier, uh, with that wisdom and knowledge. Uh, one is when we talk about black nationalism, we understand the propaganda uh, that has been used is to belittle, demean black nationalism. Uh, whenever the government comes at something that is good for for us, then they know it's bad for them. So when the government comes at black nationalism, they understand what is good. Black nationalism is exactly what it means. And I want brothers and sisters to listen to what I'm saying. Uh, black nationalism simply means something that is natural. And I'm saying that it's bad that we live in a situation where we are the only people that they call a black nationalism. 
White folks ain't got to say white nationalism because they figure that they control the economics, the politics, and the military of this country. Uh, the uh, No other people. Uh, the uh, Chinese didn't have a hard black nationalism uh, after China uh, overthrew the imperialists and the capitalist uh, uh, colonialist government in their country. Every other country uh, that comes here ain't got to shout black nationalism because they know naturally they are Chinese. You go down and the first thing you go, I'm going to eat some Chinese food. And the first thing you see, Chinese restaurant. I'm going to eat some Italian food. The first thing you see, Italian restaurant with a flag on it. Uh, I'm going down to this store. I'm going down to that store. Nobody else has to project that. We have to project that because when they took our nature away from us as African people, and then when we say black nationalism, they want to make it look like we're coming with something strange. We're coming with something demeaning. we come with something that is evil. No, we are saying that is natural. The creator created us different. Not that we might hate one another, but that we might know one another. And the difference is everybody know themselves, but we don't know ourselves. So we will create mm. different when we get to know ourselves. Come on now, I'm talking about black nationalism. I ain't talking about something negative and these Negroes that are hijacked that term and call themselves black nationalists and don't even know themselves and don't love their people. I'm saying black nationalism is natural. Your mother and your father who gave birth to you, that's black nationalism. Your school teacher back in the day that taught us our ABCs, that was black nationalism. The neighbor that took care of us, the community that, that took care of us, that was black nationalism. And when our children smile at us and respect the elders and the elders respect the youth, that was black nationalism. Because the term black nationalism to us is our nature. It's natural with ism on it. That means it's mean all of us. And so when we say the term black nationalism, we're talking about the love for all our people locally and internationally. God taught us that. God told us that. They said God said God was the back the African movement. Yes, but he looked what he did here. He built factories. He built warehouses. He built schools. He built a uh, legion. He built the uh, black eagles. He built all type of factories and everything here while he was here. And he said Africa for the Africans, those are home and those abroad. The Negro forget this is not home. When he says Africa for the Africans, those at home and abroad, we are abroad. We were brought here from abroad, and home is where we came from. So when we talk about black nationalism, we're talking about pan-Africanism. We're talking about humanism of a people, of a people who have the national right to say that I'm a national, my nationality, I'm a nationalist. Nationalism means that I have my identity as a national and part of a republic movement of a people all around the world that look like you and I every place we are. That's nationalism. White supremacists ain't got to say that. Britain ain't got to say white supremacists. England ain't got to say white supremacists. France ain't got to say white supremacists. Portugal ain't got to say white supremacists. United States ain't got to say white supremacists because they already recognize that NATO alliance is a NATO alliance of white supremacists. They understand that. So when we say black nationalism, I don't want brother and sister to get nervous. Oh, you a black nationalist? Yeah, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm your father. I'm your auntie and mother. So that's what we're talking about. The wisdom and knowledge come from that is when we study. We study white nationalism from, from the first day in kindergarten. No white. 
the three gods and, and Humpty Dumpty, and we were taught the history. We were played the legion to the flag. We sit down and recognize this is our United States of America, one republic. You're under the We were taught white nationalism. And then when we talk about yeah. black nationalism, we get spooky. And then the Negro that mm. misusing black nationalism ain't talking about hating this and hating that. Black nationalism means loving yourself. Because I love myself, you take it as hating you. That's your problem. Because I love myself, that's your problem. I love myself first Woo. before I can love anybody else. That's black nationalism. Man, black power. Right on, brother. Is, is Umi there to get you some water? You on fire, brother chairman. Somebody put him out. That's right on. That yeah. is right on. That is a, that is a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful explanation and, def- and definition of, of, of black nationalism. Brother Chair, we're going to go to these phone right, lines. I'm going to go straight to the phone lines. We're going to open it back up to um, the MOI, Black Sun. Brother Minister. Yes. Brother yes. Sun. Yes. You yes. got with us, man. What's, 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 what's good, man? Yeah, I wanted to, because um, I want to I wanna say something that, that was, that's very crucial. Uh. Not only black nationals, everything that Kazan said, I, I concur with. Um, what I want to say is where Brother Dr. Khalid Mohammed failed is passing on the proper uh, structure down to uh, right that down to to, to, to his uh, generals at that time. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to find out what. If everybody's on the same page with the structure of black nationalism, you know, because, you know, I had asked, uh, I always ask, you know, what it is, that same three things that the people want. And in order to find out what the people want, you have to ask the people. We have to be able to converse with the people. We have to, uh, uh, people have to take a vote. You know, and so I'm a little confused by how, we can call ourselves leaders and then we don't listen to the people, you know, because we, we are the people's party. You know, and I think, you know, I think that's the biggest mistake. Since we're talking about, you know, the topics, since we're talking about mistakes, we made the mistake of um, taking on the European ideology of leadership, meaning like that, no, well, the people are supposed to serve us. No, we're supposed to serve the people. And I know Kadar has mm-hmm. mentioned that before. And I really don't think we really have a grasp of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we really need to take time out and understand one-man leadership, a collective council. Let me say it again. One-man leadership, a collective council. Correct. Correct. I don't really people really have to write that down. You know, I'm the Minister of Information here in Atlanta. One-man leadership Versus a collective council. I'm, I'm going to say this real slow in my matrix voice. One man leadership versus a collective council. I want that to sink in. I want that to sink in. Once that sink in, you can't go wrong. Meaning that they take out uh, your, your means. I mean, I'm sorry, your, your, your whoever. They take out whoever. That that doesn't affect the black nation because we had a collective, like you know, this uh, Kazar said, you know, the the youth, you know, it's not one messiah. It's, it's we we all a collective messiah. 
That's right. So mm-hmm. we, we have to, like, we really have to get that, I mean, really have to let that sink in, brothers and sisters. You know, my comrades on the phone, listen to what I'm saying. One-man leadership versus a collective council. I cannot stress that enough. So I just wanted to just to make sure that people understand that. because that's where that leadership went wrong. With Khaled Milan, that's why I said earlier that he was in a black nationalist, because he would have iterated to Hashim and Zinga that, look, it takes a council to keep this thing going. Like in case, you know, something happens to me, you know, it can, it's a council. It's not, well, oh, oh you know, I'm going to let stuff know. It's, it's, it's got to be that council. It's got to be that council. And since we're re- referencing, you know, I know the one brother referenced the movie. Let me reference a book. It's called The Destruction of Black Civilization. Let me say that again. Let me say that in my matrix voice. The Destruction of Black Civilization. There is an empire called the Masi. Okay, and it's compiled of the Wagadungu, the Dagomba, the, the ah, It is five different major tribes that came together because they were fighting, you know, slavery at that time. And they came together as the collectors. You had leaders in all these groups, and all these groups, what they had in common is that they had a collective. And that empire was, was one of the most powerful empires in West Africa, right underneath Mali. So, again, collective leadership is very important, man. It is, that, that, that's got to be the core, the core structure of black nationalism. If we deviate from that, then we're, we're, we're not as, you know, we're going to end up like your Hashim and Zinga, you know. Because one thing about the Packers, they, 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 they hold centralized leadership. That's totally European, meaning that, you know, uh, that comes from your monarchies, your theocracies. When there's one-man leadership, that means that one person reaps all the benefits. They reap all the benefits, all the glory, all the this and that, and the people get nothing. Okay, that's what we're not about. We're the people's party. That's what black nationalists why black nationalists are what they threat. So what Nzinga is doing, what all the other black leaders are doing, you go to one man leadership, you're doing exactly what the Krakow wants you to do. You're doing exactly what they want to do. So that's just my And this is why I'm sorry, go ahead, brother son. No, no. Oh, go ahead, I'm I'm done, yes. No, and I was telling him, this is why you my minister of information, because you don't pull no punches. You don't call names, throw bows. You don't let it be known. And that's, but what you're saying is absolutely right. And, and to go back to reiterate the importance of, um, of the proper ideological training, when the people know. See, you got a lot of people. Our people have been spooked out for so long. Our people have been steeped and merged and emerged in, you know, religion and cultural nationalism so long that we don't even really understand the whole Messiah complex. We don't even understand that somebody can dangle a black leader in front of us and we just, you know, it's almost natural for us to fall into that, you know, that state of hypnosis. That, oh, yeah, this is that, you know, we, we get it from the, um, uh, the Noble Drew Ali. There's no disrespect to any black religious organization, but they're just that, black religious organization. You know, and we and like I said, we get them from so many black religious organizations, the Noble Drew Ali, the Nation of Islam, that we have had this, you know, charismatic, dynamic leadership of one-man leadership and the, um, you know, Masonic figure, the savior type of figure. And so that's no problem when it's in the religion, but when it comes over as a revolutionary group and we bring this type of concept over to a revolutionary group, 
we're changing the whole dynamic of what we're trying to do, and we alienate and isolate a large segment of the African community here in America, of the black community here in America, by having religious overtures. You know, you're going to have some people that aren't Muslim. They don't want to hear that stuff. You know, I've had people come to me, man, I thought you had to be a, a black Muslim to be a black panther. I got to give up eating pork. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, uh, Man, I like to watch TV too much. I heard y'all Muslims don't watch TV. So the whole thing is, who said that we were even a black Muslim religious organization or even affiliated with that? Though we respect every religion, and we will recommend and encourage every person who practices religion to have a black revolutionary theology, a black well, revolutionary Pastor, theology, see yourself in that. That is not what we're pushing. That is our, our prime ideology, our focus, our thing is revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan-Africanism. So I'm going to keep your mic open, though, man, because I know you're going to have more to add to What's up, brother? Let me add one more thing to that. Let me add one more thing. I want everybody to... Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want, first, I want everybody to sit down, and I want everybody to say seatbelts, okay? When Khaled Mohammed talked about God this and God that and Allah this and Allah that, you know, he separated himself from people like Huey P. Newton, who was an atheist. He separated himself from uh, Brother... Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But most of your West Coast factions, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I said he's not the black nationalist. Black nationalist, we got to encompass all. We got to put our personal beliefs to the side, people. Let me say that again, because we have a bad habit of, of clinging on to something that we believe and we try to force it upon another person. That becomes a theocracy. A theocracy and a black nationalism cannot coexist. Let me say that again in my matrix voice. A theocracy and black nationalism cannot coexist. Now, black nationalism can encompass the Muslim and Christian brothers. It encompasses the atheists, but it encompasses all of us because we're black at the end of the day. That's why you and I, Angus, we get along so well because we're black nationalists first. We're not Muslims first. We're not atheists first. We're not Christians first. We're not comedics first because those, for a fact, cause division. Let me say it again. Those ideologies cause division. This is not something that Black Sun is making up. This is something that Malcolm addressed back in 1964. Okay? This is a fact. So black nationalism encompasses all of that. And like I said, it is a collective leader Ship, collective council. I cannot stress that over and over again. I'm going to stress it and I'm going to say it slow. It is a collective council. A collective council. And that's why you had people, my uncle, Bunchy Carter, was able to unite the street tribes, most of them, in Cali. I don't know where they in the rest of the world. Most of us were we didn't believe in Allah, we didn't believe in God, and so but we understood black nationalism. We came together on the banner of black nationalism. We understood that we were black people oppressed in America. And so with that being said, and there was no one-man leadership. That was we, said. We, we, we were not going for that. We were not going for no one-man mm-hmm. leadership in Cali. That's not, that's not going to fly in Cali ever, ever. But a collective council, we, we, will, we, we will come together in that once again. We've got to understand 
the structure of black nationalism. We got to we got to understand that structure. We don't understand that structure, we're gonna fall apart. And and that's and that's and that is so well put. Like I said, I'm gonna leave your mic open for a minute. Uh one of the things we're gonna do too, uh and if you catch if you like what Sun was saying or you wanna debate that catches we're adding another day. I'm thinking we're still up in the air between Monday and Saturday, but it's gonna be a black nationalist council uncensored. Coming real like the brother was coming real, you'll have an opportunity to catch my soul. Uh, Minister Black Sun and other ministers uh, um, coming on there answering your questions. It's going to be raw and uncensored, you know, so we might even have a verbiage to learn. It's going to be a little more mature uh, uh, subject matter and just coming at you. So, you know, if you're sensitive, that's not going to be the show for any of our sensitive, more sensitive brothers and sisters, because if you ask it, you're going to get told it. Let's go, to our, let's go to our phone lines one more time. Let's open them up. Um, and I'm just going down the line, and I see you, and I thank all my callers for holding, and we will get you in here. This is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your man, National Spokesman, Yang Nkrumah. We have the People's Chairman, the National Chairman, uh, Chairman Kahar, uh, and Eric Code 770 I believe this is Brother Haroon one more time. Assalamu alaikum, brother. You're on the line with us. Assalamu alaikum. What's up, good dear brother? I see you hit the queue. You must have something very powerful to share with us. Well, thank you, Salam. Yeah. yeah, I had to call back, man. Hey, this is a deep subject, y'all. I'm listening to Black Sun, man. Hey, this is something that we we need to keep it going, like in these streets, man. It's time for us to take over, man. Yeah. It's time for us to get these people out of the way that's running their mouth and they ain't doing nothing. Stop leading our people the wrong okay. way. Some of them, you come in to save them, and you got them, and you can look out for them. And as you know, they fall again. We need somebody that's going to help me show them uh, the right way, man. Don't teach Man, they're really charging in Atlanta for that, man. I, I, I get tickled, Brother Hyrule, because for some reason, I don't know, they think Atlanta is a playground for a lot of full, you know, tomfoolery, or that we as the Panther Party, the People's Party down here in Atlanta, are something to play with. But that's a whole other subject. I, I'm, I'm just very surprised how they're targeting in Atlanta and, and, and not nobody's talking. But you're mm-hmm. right, man. We, we have to be the vanguard of our people. Well, go ahead, brother. What was you saying? Oh, that's all, man. That's all. I'm loving, loving life. I can't wait to we get, like you say, getting on Mondays too. We get deep with it, man. Like I say, the phone bill yes, ringing all day. I got people calling all over the world, man, wanting to talk to us. And y'all, the real brothers, yeah, we the truth, man. We 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 not watered yeah. down, but we we here to bring the pain and bring the knowledge too. That's what we do. Black power. Black power, brother. Black power. Assalamualaikum. Our dear brother Harun, man, out there doing fantastic work in the streets. Man, working with the streets out there again. I have to get a brother big props, man. Um, right before I go to this caller and get um some, you know, Chairman Carr a little bit. Uh, full go to this caller, man. I'm talking about started with the brother when we just started doing the rallies in the park in the West End Park when you only started with a few, you know, forty, fifty brothers, and to go to the rally to see the disciples, the Crips, the Bloods, the uh, Black Peastones, uh, uh, the Moorish Nation, known as the Moorish Nation now. The vice was just everybody out there. And you tell them, like, you know, I know it had to be like hundreds of eating, breaking bread together, coming there together. Let me know the work was being done with the street tribe. It wasn't just something we said. We was actually out there working with the street tribes, and we're out there working with the street tribes. That's why I tell people, man, you have to be careful what you're representing because it's not always your target that you're going to have to answer to. It's the people that's the masses of people. The people that we're working with will step up and say, hey, who are you brothers? You know what I'm saying? Y'all rocking this and saying that? We don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Jeremy Carr, did you want to say something before I go right back to the phone line? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, 
one the most important thing is that we dress, and I want to say it again, uh, and make it clear that black nationalism is simply meaning something that is natural, uh, from uh, father yes, to mother, from birth and unity. The other thing, when we talk about the one-man leadership and the rise of a Messiah, first, the brothers and sisters have to understand uh, you can be a Christian and be a black nationalist. You can be a Muslim and be a black nationalist. You can be an atheist and be a black nationalist. Because black nationalism is just just who you are. But to propagate it and bring love, if we want to stop what they call black-on-black crime, the first thing we do is love ourselves. That's black nationalism. The other thing with one-man leadership, uh, even Christ didn't have a one-man leadership. He had 12 disciples. He had a Christ had a council. You yeah, know, Muhammad went by himself. Uh, Muhammad had Abu Bakr, Uman, Zaid, Ali. Uh, when you look at Moses, yeah. he had Aaron, he had a council. Uh, even those who the scripture said that God lead and blessed as a prophet had a council. So I'm saying that even in the religious formation, it's never been a one-man Messiah complex. The European white supremacists did that one-man concept to divide, as the brother said, our collective leadership, our African DNA, our African nation, that Africa as a people we was collected. He is collective. White supremacy is a collective movement. And I'm saying that this is what that individual, but I go back again, even religion, the prophets had councils. Mm. That's natural, man. That we have counsel. That's natural. I like you said that even, 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 even Jesus, alayhi salam, peace be upon him, had 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 a, had a central committee. Let's go to our let's yeah. go to our phone line. Area code four zero four six four one seven. You're on the New Black Panther Party, People's mm-hmm. Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. How you doing? Man, what's good? African party. Right, power. I wanted to speak on the situation. I, wow, it was so much I was trying to touch on. I'm going to go back to the prison system. I agree with what the brother was saying about that we need to address the prison system and do more hands-on mentoring and finding out, you know, of, of course, also, too, looking into the cases. A lot of the political prisoners are sitting there because they were soldiers and out here fighting for freedom, but for some, you know, for some strange reason, their cases, majority of them are unsolved or just, you know, plain forgotten, and they've been sitting in jail for a lot of time, you know, waiting on somebody to at least be opening cases or open the doors. Um, as far as the education, the reason why we have gotten off balance as a Panther Party and it's taken so long, you know, to put our structure back together and we're moving drastically and we're, you know, being successful at it right now. But um, Brother Aaron Michaels, you know, good brother and everything, but unfortunately we have to look at the um, aspects. Brother Huey and Brother Bobby definitely did not affiliate the Black Panther Party for self-defense with cultural nationalists because, um you know, the cultural nationalists, they had their way of living, of course, of formatting their religions and things of that nature. And freedom fighting sometimes just wasn't 
in the um, agenda of those people. But what we allow to happen over the years, the cultural nationalists versus the freedom fighters have taken over not only positions, but, you know, a lot of things that are being owned, you know, that's owned in the government, and they're, they're the ones that are educating our black youth that are leading them astray and bringing them into the governmental system. So, hey, you know. Let me um, ask you a question. I'm not going to let you go back on. For our viewers out there, listen, break down a little bit of when you say culture nationalist, what do you mean? Um, I'm going to say those people that only see what they feel that um, is very important. I'm going to use, like your father said, um, as Christians. You know, we're talking about Christians. The only thing that the Christians are going to teach, you know, so to speak, is communion on Sundays. And, you know, Sunday is the day that they worship their God. And, you know, it's not to be belittling or to be derogatory to anybody's religion. But those things are cults, those things that they follow on a regular basis, uh, you know, um, uh, under the way that they see fit, the things that they believe. And it's not, you know, fitting the it's 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 not fitting the agenda of freedom fighting. And what I mean by that, because freedom fighting, we don't have anything in common but revolutionary war, and we want our land, and we want to be able to nationalize ourselves as a whole. Culturally, with the nationalism that they're teaching right now, it actually involves a lot of European tactics. So. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to, um, you know, break it down in a little bit more of a perspective to say that the European way of living does not, you know, um, apply to those that are full-fledged nationalists and are freedom fighters for our people. Um, I just wanted to address one more thing. I heard a gentleman on here stating that he, um, he was saying that fear is holding us back. He's right about that because... If we stop paying attention to one, let's go back and reference cultural nationalism, if we stop paying attention to the judicial system and the governmental system and all of the biased laws that has been put into place, then we can move forward. We first got to understand we have some kind of way of thinking that we're free. We're not free. How can we be free when there's a million and five laws that says we can't do anything according to who we are? So, once we start to pay attention to those things and not be afraid to speak out on the, you know, Hashim and Zingas and all of the people that has came before us, that has manipulated our people, and as I call them, bootlicking Uncle Tom, keeping us defenseless in the face of attack, we have to address those things. If we're going to teach his, her story, if we're going to bring information out about our African nation, then we still have to speak the truths and facts about those that have manipulated and betrayed us because now today in modern-day slavery, descendants from from those people are running our governmental system and are actually leading us to destruction today. Mm, I heard that. Yeah, I know I heard that. Oh, so, you know, so we have great leaders. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. No, no, no. I mean, you keep me on the line. So, you know, basically you're talking about with the culture nationalists, you're talking about with a lot of the uh, religious influences and the religious overtures that's coming in, the things you were using Christians as an example, but I'm sure that could go to Muslims too and Hindus or whatever, anything that would get us along the lines of division. And I can understand that. And, and, and here's what's funny, sister, because you were so dead on the money. We're the only people that, that, to me, in my opinion, that do that, that I've seen that do that, you know what I'm saying, that allow our theology to divide us or to defy our ethnicity or our, 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 who we are as a people by our theology. I always say, and you've heard me say this, and Minister Sun and everybody that's around Chairman Yang has heard me say this, you go to the Asian, you ask the Asian man what he is, he'll tell you I'm Chinese, 
I'm Japanese, I'm Korean, I'm Laos, I'm whatever. You go to the Latino uh, brother or sister, you ask them what, what are they, I'm Cuban, I'm El Salvadorian, I'm uh, Mexican, or whatever. You go to the black man, where are you? I'm a Baptist, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. The black man won't come out and say that I'm an African man. That I'm I'm this or I'm that or you you know I claim in the place of his birth the place of his origin he would claim his theology and this constantly keeps us divided and that's why I said that you know you have people easing in there playing on that emotionalism playing on that uh, sentiment that we have you gotta understand that these a lot of these people are not dummies you know what I'm saying you can't play them short they're not dummies these are professional speakers these are motivational speakers these are people that know how to uh, Incite a crowd like they they walked with some of the best speakers. One thing I will give to Doctor Honorable uh, Doctor uh, the Honorable Khalid Abdul Muhammad Rahimahullah may Allah have mercy upon him, giving the highest level for dues. The brother could speak phenomenal, phenomenal speaker. So if a lot of these people haven't learned anything, they have learned the ability to speak and move the crowds. But once we get past the emotionalism, once we get past the sentiment, and once we get past the, you know, the, oh, my God, you know, and the feel good and the high, it's like coming out of a church. They'll tell you, oh, that preacher sure spoke. You say, what are you talking about? Oh, no, but he sure spoke. You know, you come out like Malcolm said in the movie. How many of us seen the movie Malcolm X as portrayed by Denzel Washington when he was standing out in front of the church and he was handing out a place? Oh, I'm so surprised. You come out and there ain't no conditions in change. You come out and it's the same thing. So this is what you have happening with a lot of the organizations. They get you emotionally moved and get you into this uproar and this frenzy and you're feeling good and you come out there and the conditions haven't changed and you don't have a plan to change the conditions. You don't have a goal or objective to change the conditions. In fact, when you look back think about it, you ain't heard nothing that even remotely goes in the line of changing your damn condition. So, I, man, I really appreciate that. Do you want to, something else you want to say? You want me to keep your line open for a minute? Chairman, I know you want to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, de- definitely. One is uh, the program uh, that we're doing tonight, uh, Learning from Our Mistakes. Uh, the Honorable Michael Messiah Gaddi say, One God, One Aim, One Destiny. The Honorable Michael Messiah mm-hmm. Gaddi came up and had Brother and Sister remove the image of uh, our Savior uh, from looking as a European. And he dealt with the black Madonna, and he brought that about. But one God and one uh, aim, one destiny. When we talk about culture nationalism, let me go back to black nationalism. And I want to say it again. Black nationalism is our life. Our life is culture. You cannot uh, uh, separate culture from politics. You cannot separate culture from your diet. You cannot separate. Uh, uh, separate culture from your language. You cannot separate culture from your walk, your talk, your swagger. Culture is everything. And so when the European wants again to give us a uh, culture nationalist, that's a trick. That's a game when he says culture nationalist. Culture is black nationalism, and black nationalism is culture. So when we find ourselves fall into that, that's the, that's the trap and the trick that he tried to use with us, a uh, United Slave uh, under Ron Karenga's organization, and uh, uh, end up causing Bunch of Carter and Brother Huggins to be murdered by misguided people then didn't understand uh, that the Black Panther Party and that they was also a culture movement, a culture movement, a revolutionary culture movement of serving the people, 
feeding the people, uh, free hospitals, uh, health clinics, busing people to the prison because of lack of uh, finance and transportation to visit the loved one in the prison, to set up uh, patrolling the police and monitoring uh, the invasion army that come into our community. So when we separate culture, like nationalism, we are dividing ourselves. Culture is everything. Culture is our life, our habits, our walk, mm -hmm. our talk, our relationship with our wives and husbands, male and female, family and children. All this is culture. We're the only one that that say I'm a culture nationalist. When I hear one say I'm a culture nationalist, then I'm saying then you're a black nationalist. When we deal with Kwanzaa, the whole Inclusive Saba is black nationalism. Self determination, unity, no. faith, you know, all but, that is culture nationalism. That's for more of advanced people. And and, and I'm gonna have to slightly disagree with you on a little bit of this. Because that's more for an advanced people. When we say culture nationalist, we know what these Negroes are talking about. We know what they're talking about. You're talking about since we don't have a full culture, they will take brothers like you and I. You have black Muslims who Islam has become their culture. You know That's what I'm right. saying? And I don't care if it's the blackest Islam in the world, but if somebody practices you know, a, a black Christian, like we down here, we have the shrine of the black Madonna, black Christian nationalists. That's their culture. So their culture, their, their, their black Christian culture is not going gonna, is, is gonna to conflict with black Hebrew culture. It's going That's to right. So until we have a like we said a black revolutionary a revolutionary black nationalist culture, then we can say you know culture nationalist. But down here in Atlanta, who us who are bombarded by a so-called conscious community, who are bombarded by a so-called culture nationalist movement, we're ridiculed, we're outcasts. And what happens is you want to know why everybody wants to come down here to Atlanta because most of those Negroes preach religion, have religious overtures. And they know Atlanta is very susceptible to that religious type of talk, and 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 to plant a revolutionary seed down here, it can be it can be difficult messing with a lot of our more seasoned brothers and sisters. That's why we're a lot of we're, we're targeting the youth. And I'm gonna get to you, call. I see you holding so patiently. We're targeting the youth. But down here, when we say culture nationalism, it takes on a whole nother connotation than it does in Cleveland. And I know wrong. Cleveland, what we talking about, what we mean. Sorry. Yeah, but but what what uh, what oh uh, what I'm trying to say is like somebody say that uh, uh, I'm a halfway nationalist, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a halfway Christian, I'm a I'm a uh, halfway Muslim. All I'm just trying to project is that when we say culture, we talk about holistic. And I ended by saying this: when you see a tree out there on a beautiful day, all the limbs are spread. Everything is green and it looks pretty. You don't see a halfway tree that part of it dead and part of it alive. That's not anything beautiful. So I'm saying that when we talk culture, I can understand that we wear the dress and we can say I can worship black, but I'm saying culture is holistic. It's holistic. It's the whole packet. It ain't just by yeah. religion. It's the whole packet. And that's all I'm telling the people. I could be religious in the black Madonna, and walk in the street and be a Caucasian. I'm saying it must be holistic. I can do the Google Sabbath on the seven days and be a Negro uh, all the other days. I'm saying it's got to be holistic, and that's all I'm saying, that when you become a nationalist, that's your life. Yeah, and that's, and that's real. 
Dang. And that's and I think that that's what I, I think that that's what our battle is down here to show that revolutionary black nationalism is in, is in, in, in is incorporative of our culture that we're saying down here to these so called and and you're right culture nationalism is not the best word used for them but using our political terminology we calling them culture nationalists because that's what they push and promote that every all our salvation is going to lie in returning back to. A not even a specific, and then what gets me is not even a specific culture. It's just they call it just African culture. Well, it's like, damn, you know, Africa is a continent, not a country. What can I at least get a specific culture? So they would tell me because I don't wear sandals and I wear sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Because um, um, I'm not eating because, brother, you eat meat, brother. You know, in Africa we didn't eat meat, or brother, you you did this, or brother, you a Muslim. That's the Arabs' religion, brother. We're going to get divided on all of that. And like you said, not controlling, not revolutionary black nationalism, which says control the political, economic, social, and cultural aspect. There you go. Black nationalism is is inclusive. You can be all of that. You can express yourself with a dashiki, or you can express yourself with jeans on. That's it's right. about the empowerment and advancing, advancing of your people. Like you said, it's about nationalism. It's about being natural. It's about looking for what empowers us. You know what I'm saying? That's but right. you got these brothers who hide behind the so-called culture and use that use that as a reason to uh, bring disunity, and some use it as a, as how they get these cult followings. You know what I'm saying? That's they right. play on that cultural sentiment. Let me go to these phone lines real quick because I, I, I had this brother okay. home for so long, and I see the brother being patient. Oh, man, and, and look at this. Now my... Computer wants to act up and didn't even want to open up the brother's phone line here. Brother, the phone I'm sorry my computer's acting up. It won't open up your phone line. Uh, but if it starts to get right and open you up, we'll bring you in. Minister Sun, did you want to say something? Yeah, I wanted to say real quick that uh, my culture, like I said, that's why I bought the Mafia Empire. My culture is atheism. But I don't impose that on nobody. My culture is cripping. I, you know, I crip all day, you know, OCD, West Side all day. That's a culture. You know what I'm saying? Homosexuality is a culture. Let's just keep it real. Almost, but at the end of the day, I'm going to defend people who are black. Not because I agree with their culture. If I see Yanga being beat up by the police, I'm going to defend them because I'm a black man. I don't agree with Islam. If I see a homosexual being beat up in Alabama, I'm going to defend that homosexual because I'm a black narcissist. I don't agree with homosexuality. So I don't I don't agree with the cultural aspect because we have different cultures. That's why I mentioned the Mopsi. Muslims and Christians don't agree with atheism. I stand by atheism 100% because that comes from my ancestral culture. So I don't agree with uniting us all in the one culture because, like you said, Africa is not a country, it's a continent, and we have multiple cultures. Let me say that again. We have multiple cultures. So let me bring it to, in present day. The Crips and Bloods are a culture. Do I impose that on everybody? No. No, but it is a culture. Homosexuality. I definitely don't want that imposed on my children or anybody else, but is it a culture? Yes, it is a culture. So a black nationalist, we're saying that we defend black people regardless of their culture. 
Like I said, I'm a black nationalist. If I see a homosexual getting beat up by a brother in Alabama, I'm going to defend him. Do I agree with the culture of homosexuality? No. Do I defend that black brother or sister that's getting beat down because of their rights? Yes. So we got to divorce culture because black nationalism is a governmental structure that protects human rights. It protects human rights regardless of your culture. So if the culture is protecting human rights, then I'm all for it. But if the culture is, well, you know, you know, I like to call behavior modification, then you're infringing on our culture as an atheist. I don't agree with Islam. I don't agree with Christianity. I don't agree with humans. But as a culturalist, I, I agree with the Crips because that mm. is the culture I was brought up in. I agree but, with King mm, sorry, because me... that is my culture. Yeah. Well, Mr. Sun, let me go to our phone lines because we had this brother holding, and, and finally my computer was up. 404-8696. Man, my computer went up. I appreciate you holding, brother. You're on the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People Talk, Black Nationalist Network. This thing is real. This is real revolutionary talk here, brother. How do you want to share with us? Black Power. I just, um, I'm, I'm sitting here listening, uh, and I'm getting enlightened uh, uh, about black nationalism. One one way that that, that in history, you know, I mean, history repeats itself. And one way in history where it was separated, uh, but at the end of the day, we ended up uniting. Uh, Back in 1921 in uh, in, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was uh, one of the, the, the first bombings on American soil where it was it was American terrorism. The government bombed this, and the reason they bombed this is because blacks came together. They can only they could only be served by blacks. They couldn't go in white shops. They had to work they, uh, across the tracks. When they came back, they called it Black Wall Street. What they did, they That's spent right. money with their black communities. We kept black dollars right. in black communities. We supported each other no matter what we were, whether they were Muslim, whether they were Christians, whether they did. It was an importance on that. Not only was it important, it was forbid. So, somebody, you know, it was somebody like mute their phone, man. It sounded like, I, yeah, sorry about that, brother. It cut you off, man. It, like, sometimes I get background noise. It bothers me. It sounds like... Oh, no problem, but I want I want my words to be like water because I want it to be clear. So you know, I, I'm I'm, yes, I'm really saying something that that I believe a, 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 can can be a a few a past future solution. You know, we support each other. You know, uh, economically as well as spiritually, and whatever our beliefs should be, whatever you know, to each his own, in my opinion. But you know, like like we said, it's about black nationalism. What what we ended up happening, we built a black community that was stronger than ever. You know, they did more for they for black people did more for ourselves back then than we right. than we doing now. And what ended up happening, they bombed us. So we knowing that you know we got to be prepared, we got to already be united. So when it go down, we already together. We could be a sovereign state if we wanted to, if we was all united. If we got brothers in Cleveland, we got brothers in Atlanta, we got brothers in Cali, we got brothers in Detroit. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, if it all goes bad, and 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 we we have our own, we can we can combine and have our council. We can have our own our own nation. That's nationalism. Yeah. You know, you you have to, it starts with 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 this unity, and we got to support each other economically too. We got to do the, the same the same game that they they've been running or the same con they've been running on us. We got to we got to run it. We got to run it. 
Right on, brother. And that's what we put and that's what black nationalism promotes and pushes for. It's black nationalism is just that. It is the step toward nation building. You know what I'm saying? And that's the first right. step towards nation building, like you said, the unification. Coming together on what we can unify. And all that everything that we've you know, nation is defined by the people that came from the same landmass or the people who have a shared experience. A shared uh, uh, um yeah, a shared experience. And so the one thing that we can come on and none of us would disagree about here in America, the black man or black woman here in America, is that we're black. We might disagree on how we say that, or I'm African, I'm more, I'm this, I'm that. We might disagree on the semantics or how we say that, but nobody will disagree on that we're black and we're being targeted for no other reason that then we're black. So once we agree on that, and this is what black nationalism is saying. So it's saying, okay, this is a known fact. This is understood. Now from that point, what do what are some of the steps and solutions? This is why this is learning from history, learning from our mistakes. What are some of the steps and the solutions? This is what made uh, um, the, the the third development pampas so influential. It wasn't you know they get, get out there and they romanticize. You get these Negroes out there that try to put the image and romanticize um, uh, Chairman Bobby Shields and Defense Minister Huey with the gun. But what made them so prolific? And if I'm saying something wrong, we got Chairman Carr here who was a chairman in the third development to correct me, you know what I'm saying, and to rectify my thing was that one of the things they were teaching us self-determination. They showed the government that we could do for self. We fed ourselves. We had our own shoes. We tested for diseases. They didn't even want to acknowledge existed in our community, sickle cell anemia. We had the WIC program. We was busting people to prisons to see their loved ones. We had safe scenes against a fearful environment. So we were patrolling community in ourselves, governing ourselves, providing for ourselves, doing for self showing the government that we didn't need. And where did the defense come in? Like any people that start to show self-reliance and self-determination, you have the government attack your institutions. So we had to defend these institutions that made our lives better, that, 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 that guaranteed us survival in a hostile environment. And that's what they're against. And this is what we're trying to return black nationalism to or trying to um, teach black nationalism because we have people coming under black under the auspice of black nationalism and really teaching something that doesn't unify us. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Muslim, but I know that I will not be able to unify all black people on Islam. That's right. It's unrealistic right. to think that I would. But I will I'll be able, like uh, my minister information was saying, who is an atheist. In fact, he calls himself king of the damn atheist. And I tease them about it all the time. Boy, I can't believe I'm rolling with atheists. But the thing that unifies us and gets us working in the streets together is we both are advocates and staunch proponents of and lovers of black nationalism because we know this to be the only salvation for an African people here in America. Chairman Carl, we got a few minutes. Did you want to add to that before I hit this fall line again? I think this is one I'll be oh. others from Newark that I can't wait to get to. But we want to definitely oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. One is that we have to understand uh, that Africa, and I want to make it clear again, and I say it again, Africa consists of many cultures, as the brother said, and uh, many tribes and nations. So what scared the European who were trying to colonize Africa was the organization of African unity. To bring all the forces together under, as God has said, one United States of Africa, 
they can deal with a tribe, a tribe of this, like they do with the street. They can deal with this formation and knock this formation out and knock this formation out. But they can't deal with the United States of Africa. Malcolm himself was a Muslim, one of the greatest Muslims. But he also understood Afro-American unity. And he set up the Mars Incorporated for those who want to need spiritual growth and spiritual development. He said, okay. Then he set up a Mars Incorporated. But he said, I'm building an Afro-American unity. And I apologize for many of those brothers and sisters who I spoke out against when I was teaching narrow nationalism and condemning them. I was condemning the Civil Rights League. But as a people, we must have. Like we're building an Afro-American unity to bring all of them in. And we have to understand, the first liberation that went astray, the churches that we had was the first basis of our liberation. Nat Turner came out of the Christian movement, but was a revolutionary. Harry Tubman, all of them came out of that because when they read the book, the Bible, they seen liberation in it. So nationalism is not condemning that. I'm saying nationalism, and I keep saying again, we won't make nationalism look like it's it's an institution within itself. Nationalism is our life. It's our life. Regardless, you are atheist, you can be a a nationalist. A Christian, you can be a nationalist. A Muslim, you can be a nationalist. As long as you understand that we are building for our people and we are moving forward for our people. And I'm saying the brother mentioned Wall Street, and I end this. Wall Street was a good example. Wall Street was dealing with a nationalistic movement, the economics, and building a society where the Europeans became jealous. Rosewood was a nationalist. We didn't call it then because the Europeans called it segregation, but it was nationalism to me. It was nationalism. We had our own school, Booker T. Washington. We had our own elders in the community that would say, who is worthy of being in the community or not? I mean, we rode people out of town when they violated the culture code of that community. It was a shame for a brother. You had to go to the father even date the daughter. We sat down and broke bread together. That was a culture. When the neighbor didn't have food, the other neighbor had food. When somebody attacked the community, we had a deacon for, the self, a deacon for defense and justice. We always had that, the culture of protecting one another, protecting one another. And I'm saying nationalism, we make nationalism uh, uh, a, a small house. No, nationalism is not, revolutionary black nationalism is not a small house. It's our whole life. And if we can fall under nationalism, then we can understand that. I don't care if you're atheist or what you are. But I know one thing, when that European jump on your butt, he will ask you whether you're atheist, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, whether you're Buddhist, or whatever you is. When he see you and he look at you, he see what he got. We kidnapped us from the country of Africa. That's right on. Let's go to these phone lines. And, and that's right on. And that's what we're saying the nationalism is. And we don't want it to be hijacked uh, by people who are trying to narrow that thing, trying to confine us to little boxes, whether they be Islamic boxes, Christianity boxes, atheist boxes, or just a box in general. We're saying that black nationalism is empowering the African people here in America. We're about empowering our people here in America, African people here in America, and advancing our cause and fighting for the right of self-determination. Every code seven nine seven three five one zero two. You're on the line, brother. Yes, Black Power, sir. This is old Chairman Arias Prompt in Milk Chapter. And I'm just calling to give a black strong power, black chapter. Black Power, so I'm just calling to give a strong black can to all my comrades. You know what I'm saying? National to rank and file, and we touching on a lot of issues, but. 
I want to go back to culture because one thing I think that we fail to realize as, like, you know what I'm saying, African black people is, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to culture, we got to learn to, you know what I'm saying, preserve it and protect it. And like uh, like like the great Amos Wilson said, you know what I'm saying, African culture is always constantly evolving. So with that being said, not to move on from different topics, but how can we go back to do the work as the uh, third formation as with, like, more um, delivering more programs for the community and stuff like that when we know that to, in order to have, you know what I'm saying, economics, you got to have a military, and the military, you got to have economics. So that's what I wanted to touch mm. on. Right on. And that's and thank you, Rachel. I'm going to leave my line open for a minute. And that's exactly right. You know, I don't want it to get twisted that we know uh, we know that we have to have culture. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But what we're saying now is that with the so-called cultural nationalists, as we call them down here in Atlanta, and this is what I teach my people down in Atlanta, and that's why we're so adamant about that being taught, that the cultural nationalists have divided, that they have taken the culture and separated it from a revolutionary black nationalist culture. They have defined the culture. They have set the division line. They have said that if you don't do this like um, Minister of Information was saying, if you see a black person down here, I live in Atlanta. I don't think it's no secret for the brothers and sisters that live in Atlanta. And if you haven't heard about Atlanta, Atlanta is the black San Francisco. It is the Negro homosexual capital of the the United States. So what do we do if I'm riding down the street and see a black man getting beat? Now, a lot of people would tell me that homosexuality is not in African culture, and they may be absolutely right. But do I sit and have the time to sit and debate like the Minister of Information said? We don't condone, we don't advocate, we don't push for a homosexual culture. Right. We don't want to have to be, right. that to be forced on our children's now, but we see a black man or a black woman getting beat. That's so I don't right. have time to sit and argue with a Negro about the merits or the things of some damn culture. Of this, yes. oh, he's a this and that. And I'm sitting there 20 minutes watching a cracker beat a Negro to death, beat a black person to death. And I'm trying to figure out, is he homosexual? Isn't he homosexual? What's going on? And this and that. Right? My first job as a black nationalist is the preservation and the defense of black people. And then yes. I turn that over to my minister of culture and my culture department, and y'all can argue the merits of culture. I'll, let that, right. I'll leave that up to my, my culture department, my minister of culture, right. and they can go through that. So this is why we say about culturalism down here. You have people tell us because, you know, down here we have a large cultural nationalist community. This is the A, baby. And you have people tell us because we eat meat or because I recruit gang members that I'm not conscious, mm. that I'm not. They, they have a mistake and they have used revolution synonymous with cultural nationalism. Because I threw a jango, you wearing a baseball cap and not a daishiki today. You ain't conscious, brother. That's not the African coin. In Africa, we didn't wear Nikes. Well, nigga, get a camel too then. Just go the whole nine yards. Don't drive. Don't do nothing. You know, <laughs> brother, you you, you got to do this and wear the Egyptian headdress and hold your hands like this and hotep, rotep, rotep. I'm not knocking that. That's what you do. But don't judge black nationalism based on your comedic culture. That's, true. That's your cultural thing. Like Chairman Carr said, it's made up of a nation is made up of many cultures. You see what I'm saying? But the thing we have in common is our fighting for our self-determination in an oppressive land as black people. So the culture that we push and promote down here, I'm Mr. Culture, I say teach a revolutionary African culture. Teach about them fighting Africans. 
teach about them Africans that will fight for independence and freedom right now. Then when we get in our classes and we get a little more settled, then you can start teaching specific cultures. But right now, I want to learn a revolutionary right. black nationalist culture. Teach about Nat Turner. Teach about uh, Harriet Tubman. Teach about Denmark uh, Vesey. Teach about Toussaint Overture. Teach, teach my people about them fighters first. I don't care what their religion was. Teach about them liberation fighters. And then we can go on what dashiki came from, what land, and how to wrap your head, and what mishrack to use, and what how you sit, and how we can go in that later. But right now, I, I need my people to learn a revolutionary black nationalist culture, a culture yes. of unification, a culture of fighting, a culture of ferocity, a culture of bravery, that culture. And then, like you were saying, brother, and I go back, like you said, Military defense, and I'm addressing. And I see you call. I'm gonna get you right, right, right next. Military goes into. You know, I say this though. If you don't have nothing to defend, if you're not built like in Jersey, I have a school. You know, I have a feed the people program. So you may have people come at that. You have a legitimate reason to defend your institutions. But I tell and address these people who get caught up in the sensationalism, get caught up in the gun, misquoting, uh, mousing tongue. Uh, power comes from the barrel of a gun. And all of this shit sounding good, trying to yes, excuse sir. my language, trying to, you know, sound hip and fly. If you're not building nothing in your community, you know what I'm saying, then what you trying to defend? What's the three Ds in the nine local objectives? Defy, develop, and, develop and then defend. And defend. You first have to defy what's good and what's best for the black community. This is what our manual teaches us. Define what's good and what's in the best interest of the black community. Develop what is good and what's best in the best interest of the black community. Then you defend that. How you defend is something you ain't developed. If you go in the hood with some guns and you ain't putting no work in the hood, you look like an occupying right. army. You look like a gang. I'm going to run you out of my hood. I don't care what you got on. You come in, I'm going to take you to pass the gang. Nigga, walk down my street with a shotgun and guns. Yeah, we in the hood. For what? You ain't built nothing in this. Man, get out of our neighborhood with them guns. And we going to run you out of here. Because you ain't did nothing for the hood to be walking through the door. We feel like you're trying to punk us. But when you build the hood and you put some good in the hood, not only can you walk through with your guns, hell, we'll get ours and defend it with you. Let me go to this caller real quick, to Brother Chairman, so I can give you these last few minutes to close us out. Area code 703-8146. You're on the line. Hey, Shalom, Brother. Black Unity. And I shalom, Brother Black reason. Yes, sir. And I say that for a reason. You know, um, I'm going to offer up a different perception tonight for you all to soak on. Look at how our teachings expanded from East Coast to West, from Asia to America. We have the mind in the Buddhist. We have the soul in Allah. And now we have the spirit rising be honest with yourself. We don't know who we are. We are first man, first man of the foundation, meaning in the beginning, first man had all the knowledge. The things that make us wholesome are the very things that are setting us apart. It's the knowledge of ourself. We're combating with each other instead of looking at the division and seeing what is causing the confusion, and that is the lack of understanding. 
Our teachings have filled this whole earth, and there are people who are living by it, who are humbled by it, and who are searching for that is greater. It is for us, it is our responsibility as the ones with dominion of earth to bring it together and figure it out. The Bible shows that there was a relationship before God put first man in the garden. There was a, there was a relationship that set the foundation of men, relationship with men. There has been a dire spirit instilled in us to seek that which has created and enlightened us. And I leave you and with this. I leave you And with I thank you for that, brother. And I hate to cut you so short because we're running out of time, and I want to give that to Brother Chairman. And I hope Understood. you call back in next week and share Share, share with us again, and that, and that, and and that's, and that's good. And I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna knock that. That's good, it, it, and it sounds good, and it sounds very tranquil, and it sounds very peaceful and relaxing. But I think that you know we can pray all day, but when you're dealing with the people that don't care about you praying, and will bust your head with prayer, that you can seek yourself, and you can be the first man, and we can be all of these wonderful things. But until it translates, see the thing about that, why they went out is because we're still seeking, and they found. The, the Jewish people don't, you know, they go through all that, but their Judaism has translated into the state of Israel. The Arabs, who with all of their Islam and all of their, uh, uh, um, um, their Kamsa Salah, making five slots, have translated into billions of dollars in a pilgrimage annually. The Christians, and with all of their penance, has translated into billions of dollars in the power base called Rome, or, or called the Vatican. So we are people who distribute the most humility and distribute the most uh, piety and spirituality. We, we, we display that. But when it's all said and done, it doesn't translate into any real practical power. Exactly. And that's what we have to get off. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to end it with that, and I'm going to let Brother Carr take us out in our last few minutes. By our brother Chairman. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir, brother. I'm sorry we got long-winded, man. We got five minutes, brother. Okay. Uh, one is that when we deal with uh, uh, culture, when we deal with our liberation, when the European came and kidnapped us and shackled us and put us on a ship to ship us, uh, he went into many cultures and he went into many nations. But there was one culture brought all up together on that ship, and that was a culture of oppression. That was a culture of mm. white supremacists trying to build a world for themselves. The tribe with that on the boat that were changed together understood that we was under one culture, and that culture was oppression. And we began to communicate with each other for our survival on that ship. Many of us was able to come together and overthrow the ship that showed before the ship came here. And after we came here, under that same culture of white supremacists, we understood our differences mean that we must come under one culture, and that culture is a culture of liberation. Oppression will breed resistance until we die as a tribe and be born as a nation. We will still be tried under one culture, and that culture of white supremacists. Our job is to overthrow and destroy white supremacists, and that's a culture of many 
what I call society and white supremacists, from the police to the government to the judges to the churches to the school teachers to the homosexuals to the uh, heterosexuals to all of them. They still fall under white supremacists, and they will maintain that. We are under one culture in America, and that culture is under white supremacists. So I don't care what difference we talked about, there's still one culture that dominating this society here on this land, and it's called white supremacy. Until we understand that we got to bring a culture together of revolutionary black nationalism, we will still be on the culture of white nationalism, racism, oppression, and genocide. United we live, divided we die. Oh, right on. I think that we've come on to our topic for next week, man. We can discuss some culture. And like I said, I hope the beautiful caller that called in and, and, and was very insightful, man, that I like. I hate that you called in and during the last minute and we couldn't really get to the, the the gist and the meat of what you're saying. So next week, you know, I you know where we're at. You know where to find us. You know where to find your talk. You know where to find the people's talk. This is New Black Panther Party, the people's party. Remember that the people's party. This is what's going to distinguish us. We're here to empower you, brothers and sisters. We're here to uplift you. We're here to provide answers to teach the ideology for you. New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, the People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network, brought to you by the Political Education Committee, the Panther Education Committee, the People's Education Committee. I'm your host, and it's always been a pleasure, as it is every week, the host to share with the brothers and sisters, to hear the topics, to get some of the feedback. I want to thank all the brothers and sisters that called in, my field marshal, Minister of Information, the chairman from New Orleans, the chairman from Jersey, all the brothers and sisters. I want to thank you, and I definitely want to thank, like always, our beautiful brother, the uh, 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 the people's chairman, Chairman Carr. Chairman Carr, is there anybody that you want to send a shout out and thank before we take it off the air? To, to all of the people that are listening, and to the people that is that is not listening, and I'm saying that because we are here to serve the people, and the people are one. And we are one with the people. And I say it again, united we live, divided we die. And I send that out to the people. We must unite as family and as community and as nation. And I send our love to all of the people. And we say black power to black people and all power to the righteous people. Right on, right on. There again, this is your national spokesman, Chairman Yanga Kaha. Chairman Yang and Kuma, family. Chairman Yang and Kuma coming out, coming at you, and I leave you with our saying uh, that the our national minister that our first line of defense is an ideological defense. I say it again that our first line of defense is an ideological defense, and that defense being revolutionary black nationalism, revolutionary pan Africanism. We're often di- imitated but never duplicated. We love you. See you the same time next Wednesday from 8 to 10. All powers to the people, black power to black people. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes. They just speak to make some quick change. 
Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde And old black hair that looks for change Niggas kill other niggas Just because one didn't receive the correct change Niggas change from men to women From women to men Niggas change, change, change You hear niggas say Things are changing Things are changing Yeah, things are changing Nigga things into black nigga things Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes The change in the day that makes them rant and rave Black power, black power And the change that comes over them at night As they sigh and moan I die Ooh, I die Niggas always going through bullshit change But when it comes for real change Niggas are scared of revolution Niggas are actors Niggas are actors Niggas act like they're in a hurry They catch the first act of a great white host Niggas start to act like Malcolm And when a white man doesn't react to them Like he did Malcolm Niggas wanna act violently Niggas act so cool